hello and welcome to Falls on Love. I am Nicole. And tonight I have with me, um, let's see, how can I describe her? She is a writer of, she already laughing. She's so crazy. She's crazy. She is. It's so funny because, so I think that I've always known of her. Like her name has been out there in these streets. Um, but I've just read her recently. And so I started with, mm, don't give me the line, dang, and that book all the way across my room. <laughs> dang, it's always been you, is that one? Probably. That's what I started with. That is what I started <laughs> with. Oh, sorry, I didn't start talking. And y'all don't even know who I'm talking to. Well, if you know the book, you know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to L. Wright. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Yeah, but I think I started with It's Always Been You. Mm-hmm. The Jacksons of Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I read them out of order. That was the I first had bought one. them from you, and then mm-hmm. I feel like I knew that book two was book two, but I started reading it anyway because it was at the top of my pile. Because um, why pay attention to things? <laughs> <laughs> Suggested order. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. My brain, like I said, is <laughs> But anyway, enough about all of that. Let's get right into the meat and potatoes of this situation. The first question I have for you is, why did you choose to write romance, right? So you could have written mysteries, you could have written literary fiction, you could have written about knights of the round table who are... <laughs> Seeking to rescue damsels in distress on their noble steed. <laughs> but you went with romance. I don't know. I, you know, everybody always asks me this question. And I probably should have it memorized by now. I think every day it kind of changes a little. But I would, I would have to say what started me to write romance is Beverly Jenkins. Okay. Because I had my daughter, I was home on maternity leave. I had a rough pregnancy, had a stroke, mm. lost my sight. I was home for a long time. And when I got my sight back, I I needed to get it stronger. Mm-hmm. So my mom brought over Indigo. Okay. And I, at first, I didn't want to read it. I said, I don't want to read this book. It had... The lady on the cover with her, you know, the flowing garments. <laughs> the stereotypical. Oh, I said, no, <laughs> I'm not. Uh-uh. And my mom said, read it because she lives in our area. Okay. And the book actually takes place in an area that's like five minutes from my house now. Oh, Wow back in um civil war you know after the civil war mm-hmm. and um i said all right fine i'll i'll try it and i started it off and if you read indigo mm-hmm. he starts it off with these letters from the this free man who sold himself back into slavery for the love of this woman and uh, it only took a day to read the rest of the book mm-hmm. and i was hooked <laughs> From that point on, I just kind of devoured everything that she had written up to that point. Okay. And 
it just kind of made me, oh, I think I might be able to do this. I had always written. Mm-hmm. I thought I would write a soap opera. Mm. So I, it wasn't like I had never written before. I never thought I would write romance. Like I, right. I thought that I would be the script writer. Like I wanted to be Shonda Rhimes. Like that's <laughs> what I wanted to be when I was younger. I had my little Barbie dolls. I created these sweeping sagas of these rich families and <laughs> And, that, and my Barbies were, weren't doing regular Barbie stuff. Like I had domestic violence Barbie. I had, <laughs> you know, I just had all these different kind of Barbies. And, and I, you know, I, I made it real. Mm-hmm. Like if it was domestic violence Barbie, I put makeup on her face to hide, you know, the black, the black eye and, you know, the cast. I wet some toilet paper and put it <laughs> on the Barbie's arm, you know, just to kind of make it real. Yeah. yeah. And so I just figured one day I'm going to write a soap opera because that's what I like. And in college, I started writing this journal that turned into like this, this story. And people would come to the lunchroom or the break room or a snack bar or whatever we call it. And I would tell the next day's events of this mm-hmm. story, you know, so I had already written. But it wasn't until after I read Beverly Jenkins where I figured I like the romance part. So, and even then I, yeah, I think I just write a suspense. So I wrote a suspense, which I published under another name, which is no longer in print. And um, one of the critiques was you do this romance part really well. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> Beverly Jenkins, you know, and then I just started writing romance and that's where the forbidden man came in. It was called the affair. And it just morphed from that. And here I am. <laughs> it was hard to sell it as a romance because, you know, romance has the tropes. Mm-hmm. It can't be a third party and, you know, and has to be a happily ever after. And I, d- I didn't feel like they were at this point where they could get married and have a baby at the end of the book. So mm-hmm. I kind of got some readers upset because they didn't feel like it was a happily ever after. It was it was more like a happy for now. Mm-hmm. But I kind of told their story through the rest of the series. So, like, if you read the whole series, you kind of see what was going on with the the characters throughout the whole series. Even though it wasn't in their point of view, you could kind of see it. And eventually they did get their marriage and family. But the whole premise of the book was a woman torn between two brothers. Mm. So that was automatic you know like that's mm-hmm. not a romance it just kind of if I, I met latoya smith at a conference and she liked it and it was edgy and it was different and she bought it so <laughs> that's that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was surprised i was happy but it's still one of my favorite actually it is my favorite book that i've that i've written Oh man, that's so so. I can't pick one. <laughs> my favorite, um, and I'll tell you why. Not when we're recording things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, question number two is um, actually two questions. But I always say that if you have a good memory, you'll want to answer the first one. If your memory is like mine and Dory from Finding Nemo, you'll want to answer the second. Okay. First question is, what is the first romance novel you read and how did it make you feel? Which you kind of, kind of answered with the 
PJ thing, but okay. And then the second question is, uh, what is the last romance novel you read that made you want to open up a new doc and start writing something new? Uh, well, you know, Indigo is the first romance I read, and um, it made me feel hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first of all, it made me feel proud to read about characters who had gone through so much and could still find happiness and love during this time, you know? Mm-hmm. And even though it was a fictional, historical, now it was fiction, I could imagine that there were stories like this back, you know, back then, hard, I just couldn't, I, first of all, I can't imagine living back then. <laughs> I think I would probably be killed yeah, my mom. You know, so I just I can't imagine living back then. But then to be able to live back then and be so strong and um and and helpful towards the overall plight of African Americans mm-hmm. just was awe. I was in awe of of the story and and the characters themselves were just both strong characters, but the way she tells about the scenery the imagery she presented just kind of changed it just kind of changed my whole life like you could see the trees because the way she described them you know it was just like the whole town was back in the olden days but it was it just felt real you know and Mm -hmm. I just drove down that street it's called Whitaker Road okay the the book took place in Whitaker Michigan part of it and I just drove down the street like a month ago and I was just looking at things like, oh my God, you know, you can see like the church and you know, it's just like, <laughs> you could just see that this stuff happened here and there were parts of the Underground Railroad in my area mm. that made a difference and it just it just changed my whole life and this, this, the sex scenes, I mean, she wrote a, she wrote this man, which is by still my book, Boo. Like <laughs> Gail, Galen Vashon is still my book boyfriend to this day. But he recited the Song of Solomon in church and just changed the whole narrative. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> like who does that? Miss Bev. That's why she is Miss Beverly Jenkins. <laughs> So that's the first part of the question. So the last book, I have to look at my Kindle. <laughs> I really don't get a chance to read. I usually listen on Audible. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read um, Cheryl Lister. Uh, what's the name of it? It's the Decades book. Love Serenade. Okay. That's my girl. So I read it. And I just think she has a way of writing that brings the music into it. So it just kind of put me... It takes place in the 1920s, so okay. it just kind of put me in the the speakeasies, you know, like it's just like oh, you know, the music, the 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 bootleg liquor, you know, it's just like yeah, it just put me right in that space, and it was such a sensual story that it just it just made me proud that I know her, you know, it's like oh, that's my girl, so <laughs> that's yeah. so dope. Oh, friendship. <laughs> no, but that's so dope, though, for you to like read that and be like, that made me proud that that's my friend. Like, damn, yeah. that's deep. I want somebody to say that about me. 
well, yeah. Because <laughs> I still have the book. I have it on my Kindle. I just, I've been on deadline for so long. I'm ready to read The Last First Kiss. <laughs> um, we don't really talk about Nicole Falls books on this hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many books I want to catch up on, like Blessed by Malachi by Sherelle Green. I mean, Hughes by Anita Davis. I mean, I'm just like, I'm I'm behind on reading because of writing. So yeah. that's how it would be. That's what everybody say. I don't have that problem. I don't know how you do I'm it. I'm currently not writing. So that <laughs> oh, you're not? Help. Yeah, um, I'm on a, well, well this, this ain't about me. This is about Ellery. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to talk about that off air. Yeah, we're going to talk about that <laughs> offline. <laughs> My third question is, what is one theme or trope in romance that you have not written yet that you want to? I think I kind of do, I, I do like a hodgepodge of a whole bunch of different tropes in every book. <laughs> so I'm, it's hard pressed for me to find a trope that I have not written because I just kind of did a billionaire with the wellspring. Mm-hmm. Hate enemies to lovers. I kind of did that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, the baby. Anything with a baby. I haven't done. Okay. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no secret baby. No surprise no, baby. No, no secret baby. baby. <laughs> I, I, oh, actually, I did unexpected pregnancy. But okay. not like a secret baby. I, I haven't done that. No secret babies. Yet. <laughs> You've heard it here first. L right super baby. <laughs> no, I can't I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> oh, I couldn't resist it though. You set it up so perfectly. I, I I feel like of all the tropes, that's I can't I can't understand the secret baby because I actually in my life outside of romance writing, I used to work for the courts mm. with child support and I just I have this thing against people who hide babies from the daddies. You know, I just, oh. <laughs> oh, to spring it on them at a later date. Like, surprise, you got a 15-year-old. Oh, I haven't done a cougar. I haven't done like a older woman. Older woman? Mm-hmm. Got to do it. I think I could, I think, I think I'll do that. <laughs> or a cowboy or anything like that. I haven't, although there are some fine black cowboys around. Writes down, take trip to visit and says I'm black cowboys up there yeah I'll come I'll just come visit it's fine all right so (laughs) next segment is this or that questions um you can just say your answer and that's it or if you need to explain your answer in any way shape or form feel free okay all right so the first one is (laughs) the first one my eyes set on was not one that was safe for questions um so i'm just gonna ask another one tattoos or piercings um piercings no tattoos <laughs> i only have one i just got it this year but i'm okay with just my ears being pierced, so i'd rather get more tattoos <laughs> okay silver or gold silver white gold <laughs> <laughs> um calls or texts calls Thank you. You know, mm-hmm. pick up the phone. Okay, sorry. <laughs> somebody answers that question right, because there is a right answer to that question. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, autumn or spring? Autumn. Okay, when you hang toilet paper in the bathroom, over or under? Over. 
Um, I'm going to do two. No, I'm going to do three more. Uh, for a snack, something salty or something sweet? Salty. <laughs> um, a large crowd or a small party? Small party. And telepathy or teleporting? That's weird. <laughs> I told you I don't make them up. Telepathy. <laughs> All right. So we have now reached the final segment of this show where I purportedly shut up. When I give you the floor to speak about your work, I always say purportedly because sometimes I pop back in a little bit because I have a question or two, or I just want to hear myself talk again. Okay. All right. So the floor is now yours. Okay. Well, I am all right. <laughs> um, I'd like to say that I write um, edgy contemporary fiction, romance. Um, because I like to, I don't know. I don't like to just, I don't, I don't like it to be, I like to deal with some real issues in my, in my books. So, um, that's what I, that's what I like to say when I, when people ask me what I write. Um, my latest series is The Wellspring. Well, actually, I have two latest series. One I'm writing for Harlequin called The Jacksons of Ann Arbor. And then I'm writing the Wellspring series for Kensington Dayfina. And I, all of my stories take place in Michigan because that's where I'm from. And with the and, you know, they do go outside of Michigan, but most of it takes place in the area where I'm from. So because I've. I don't read a lot of books set in the Midwest and I like to give my home state the love that, I mean, because Michigan is a beautiful state and I just like to bring people into my world, you know, so that's why I write about Michigan. Um, I went to U of M, so a lot of my books are set in Ann Arbor. <laughs> and um, so for the Jacksons of Ann Arbor, it's about a family of, male doctors um and um their lives and their loves and each brother is is their own man and i'm currently writing the third book in that series which giving me the flux uh -uh. Mm. Uh, just thinking about it is like Ugh. So I'm going to skip the Jacksons of Ann Arbor and go to Wellspring. Because, <laughs> oh, that third book is like, ugh. So the Wellspring series takes place on the western side of the state. And it's a fictional town called Wellspring, Michigan. It is about three children of this ruthless man called Parker Wells Sr. Mm. <laughs> He is a trip and a half mm. or trip times a trip squared. He is an extended vacation. <laughs> He's a trip, okay. <laughs> that man is a, and a, a cruise around the world. Okay. And the thing about it is after book one, and he's kind of in, he's kind of not able to interact with his kids anymore, but he's still like everything he's done is just still like the repercussions are just, Oh, <laughs> feel hella powerful in book two. Yes, and um, because of the 
impact that he had on his kids. So it's just kind of like, I like to write about things like that. I like to write about mental health and, you know, just bad childhoods, even though they might be rich, they have things that happen to them still. Like money doesn't solve the world problems. Mm-hmm. So I, so even though I, I made them rich, and I, 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 re, I hear a lot of people say they don't want to read characters that are rich, but sometimes rich people are not like you think they are. So, I mean, they have their own issues. They have their own problems, just like everybody else. And I wanted to deal with like a bad father. Um, and he's a bad father. Like he's awful. And so each kid finds love and... I like to give them a happy ending, but I like to take them through something. So that's L right. And I, if, you know, I don't want to say nothing bad, but that's just me. (laughs) I mean, that's me. So, and then, uh, so Enticed by You, which is book two of Wellspring, just released um, the end of August. And then on September 1st, I released book nine of the decades, A Journey of African-American Love. Um, which is called Made to Hold You. And it takes place in 1980s. And it's another angsty tale about Layla and Lincoln Johnson who have been torn apart by the war on drugs. Because that that was what was big in the 80s. Mm-hmm. The rise of crack cocaine usage in the United States just kind of devastated families all around. And I would have to say that this of all my books, this is the most personal book because I know so many people who have either overcome or succumbed to drug use. Yes. yes. It was very hard to write because it was so personal. Mm. So I would have to say it's it's very, very personal to me. And that's and and if you wanna read it, just be prepared. That is just not and you know, it's it's I didn't pull any punches. So, I mean, this is real. <laughs> yeah. So two things. Mm-hmm. One, I thought it was so funny that you mentioned earlier that you wanted to be a soap opera writer mm-hmm. because I saw a review of um, Enticed by You. Oh. said <laughs> that uh, senior reminded them of a mix of Stefano from Days. Oh yeah, and, uh, Victor Newman from the Young and the Restless. So I'm like, oh, that's so funny because she still sort of, you know, manifested that dream even if she took a different route. Like it still has come out, you know, through her writing. So I thought that was pretty. That's cool. a scandal. Like I never will say that I don't write a lot of scandal. Like <laughs> you don't shy away from it. You don't shy away from it at all. Um, <laughs> And I actually, I read uh, Made to Love You. Um, you did? It, yeah, I think the day it came out. What? It came out, yeah. Oh, girl, listen, I'll be over here. I'll be reading these books. <laughs> I don't know why people be don't, don't be thinking I'll be reading these books over here, but I do. Well, I knew um, you read Enticed by You because you told me, but I didn't know you read Made to Hold You. Girl, yeah. I ain't hop up in your inbox on that one. <laughs> Normally, I do. <laughs> but I thought that the way that you handled um, the the storyline in that with uh, the drug abuse and use was, oh, it was so poignant. Like, I have personal um, uh, experience with dealing with people who are, you know, like 
deeply personal. Like I'm not going to talk about it on here personal, but um, just like reading that and, and sort of reliving my own, you know, interactions with people that are, that are battling those things or that have battled those things. It was like, Oh, okay. We really going here. All right, let's do this. <laughs> and I think what, what the, what, really was running through my mind when I was writing it was like I have so many not happy endings in my life you know in my family that have to do with this drug thing that I wanted to write a happy ending you know like Mm -hmm. somebody that actually overcame this you know and 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 saved their relationship because sometimes you overcome it and it's too late to save your relationship and you Mm -hmm. have to move on without that person right and you have to learn how to navigate through life without many mm-hmm. people that were there with you from yeah. the beginning and for the beginning. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like, I, I really like that book. Um, so Aww, really thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, they say give people their flowers while they can smell them. Aww, thank so here's you. a dozen. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. I was worried because it's very, it's so deeply personal to me that I was worried how people would perceive it, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's my story to tell, you know, and the people who it's inspired by. I just wish that the story turned out that way, you know, (laughs) you know. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We can climb about the wheel. I got to climb about it. But thank you so much, Leslie, for uh, giving me some of your time this evening. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Nicole, for having me.